0: This is HPR episode 2813 entitled, Should We Dump the Linux Desktop? It is hosted by Nightwise and is about 20 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, Nightwise wonders if we should let go of the Linux desktop environments and focus on cross-platform.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate we mm-hmm.
0: Hacker Republic Radio, this is Nightwise from the Nightwise.com podcast checking in. And today I just wanted to uh, do a little car cast, I'm in the car on my way home, about, um, I don't know, the relevance of um, the Linux desktop. I'm a cross-platform geek, that means I work on multiple operating systems, uh, Windows, Linux, Mac, iOS, Android, Uh, and i switch around uh on a daily basis uh my workflows are kind of trimmed down to the fact that i can pick whatever device up that i want and i can do whatever i want to do whether that be my ipad my phone um my uh mac or or my windows machine upon uh, until a couple of months ago or a year ago i also had a linux laptop lying around which i used uh well less and less frequently and i say less and less frequently because uh since i've become an entrepreneur i'm I'm an independent i i'm I'm a freelancer um i have my own business i was spending more and more time um doing stuff on the computer that related to my business uh, as opposed to doing stuff on my computer that's related to you know hobbies and geeking out and stuff and because of that my linux desktop was getting less and less love and one of the reasons why this was was well sorry gps is bothering me um one of the reasons that this was was that i was uh, doing quite a bit of uh writing reports um in microsoft word um And getting reports from clients and having to do, you know, office work. Uh, And I had some, well, not so very positive experiences with switching between OpenOffice and uh, Microsoft Office. And I know what you're going to say, it's Microsoft's fault. And yes, it is. It is completely Microsoft's fault that sometimes the formatting of a document goes completely haywire when you either open it in OpenOffice or create it in OpenOffice and then either open or create it in Microsoft uh, Word. I absolutely understand. Um, One of the second reasons is I'm a public speaker. Um, So that means I do quite a few presentations uh, and talks. And whoever uh, wants to tell me that um, OpenOffice presenter is a mature and decent um, alternative to Keynote or PowerPoint has never given an uh, an interesting um, presentation. Well, <laughs> no, that's that's kind of harsh. Uh, has never given a presentation with like uh, three hundred uh, with with like one hundred and twenty slides, heavy graphics, integrated videos. That that you know, those are the kind of presentations that I give. I I kind of give like um, my 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 presentations are like cartoons where i do the talking where i tell the story and my slides which almost hardly contain any text mostly big images or integrated video or or very simple graphs uh, need to be uh, of a high quality and need to be very reliable and trust me i've been in in what goes for uh, presenting software in open office and no it's not there Long story short, that meant that I was going towards uh, Mac and uh, Windows for my daily drivers. And um, one thing that I actually started to notice was that I don't really miss my uh, Linux desktop. And the reason for that was that, well, most of the things that I did on my Linux desktop, I could actually do on my windows desktop you know there were a lot of open source apps that i enjoy using daily being thunderbird firefox um free Mind, um what else you know uh, audacity uh stuff like that that i used to use on my linux machine that now you know because their cross platform apps work great on my Windows machine and uh, my Mac. Add to that the fact that a lot of the applications that I run are in the cloud. So basically, as Daniel Messer of the Cyberpunk Librarian always says, my OS is Firefox. Uh, and since also Firefox kind of travels with me everywhere, I'm logged in, I've got all my bookwar- bookmarks with me, I've got all my plugins with me. The- fact which operating system i was using became more and more transparent for me aside from the fact that linux couldn't really keep up with my workflow when it came down to them to presentations and word documents so i am still using cross-platform open source apps every single day they're they're basically my favorite because i can you know run them anywhere i started to think you know why do i really need a linux desktop um is it for the terminal well on my mac i have the terminal i love the terminal there's a great app called homebrew which lets me run and install uh, all the linux command line tools on there uh windows has you know (laughs) virtual linux uh ubuntu uh command line interface slash virtual machine built into the darn thing. So I've got my terminal there. So I went like, Jesus, um, I am not using the Linux desktop anymore. And I don't even miss it. And, you know, that had me worried. uh, Because you know, I I love open source software and I, I love to geek out and I love to use Linux. And, you know, it was kind of like, hmm. So one of the I I say I use the three operating systems every day and and actually I do. That's because I have a a Linux server at home which runs my Calibre library, which runs my Plex server, which is an SSH endpoint for me and uh, on which I have quite a few scripts and command line apps running. So uh, whenever I'm out and about and I need to access my data at home or need to do stuff, I basically SSH into my Linux machine at home and run the apps from there or via x-forwarding run the apps on my Linux machine which are for example not cross-platform compatible um, over SSH via x-forwarding on my Mac or on my Windows machine um, one of the great apps on Windows to do that is called MOBA xterm I would highly recommend that app very very good does x-forwarding great lets me run x-chat on my Surface Go <laughs> at work <laughs> completely encrypted um, just saying, I mean, having the ability to SSH into my Linux machine, do stuff via the command line, and having the ability to X forward applications to the operating systems that I was using kind of got me the best of both worlds. And for less and less and less, I started to, to worry about, started to need the Linux desktop. And, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was kind of thinking, like, damn. Do we still need the Linux desktop? I mean, do we, do we really still need the Linux desktop? And I think that the answer is yes. Um, especially if you want to have choices. Because right now you don't have a lot of choices. If, when it comes to operating systems, you have OS X, which is great, but starts to get, I don't know, dumber and dumber every, every, um, every year, every iteration. You know, they, they got rid of save as which I hated um and and they're hiding power user functionalities further and further away which I hate but for the rest it's great and it has a command line interface it runs Unix underneath or PSD, whatever you want but I have a command line interface so I like it it's stable and then you have Windows and okay yeah we're bashing on Windows here in in uh, in uh, Hacker Public Radio which I don't think is always true um because, quite frankly, um, Windows 10 has come a long way. It's a very, very, very decent operating system. It's fast, it is perform- It is performant, and it is stable. Now, uh, you know, all the ho ha blue screen of death jokes kind of hark back to the Windows XP days. I mean, Windows 7, yeah, probably not its success story, but... You know, Windows 10, the last iterations, are pretty darn good. I mean, there's a, this is a light, versatile, stable, and, and pretty decent operating system that is, yes, getting a lot of uh, its mojo from, from Linux. You know, stuff like virtual desktops have come to Windows 10, dark mode, stuff like that. This all comes from the Linux desktop, I know. But, you know, it doesn't, I mean, we shouldn't deny, it. it has it. Windows 10 has come a long way. It's a great OS. But, of course, it's Microsoft, so they can do with your data whatever they want. And when you activate your Windows 10 copy, there are a lot of boxes that you want to untick as to uh, what they want to gather about you. So I kind of understand that. So, yeah, then then there's, of course, open source. Yeah, open source, because, you know, use the Linux desktop, uh, privacy, and blah, blah, blah. And you can look at the source code, and uh, you know if they're, you know, doing something behind your back. And that might be true but the question that I ask myself always is who does that who does that you I mean you download some kind of horky-dorky uh, niche uh, distro from this watch sort of which is basically the, the the groundwork is debian it's open source it's been checked it's been vetted it's been done somebody gives a spin to it and releases it as a distro this person can do anything they want with this distro and I know yes the source code is available you can take a look at it. You completely vetted to see if it's doing anything with your privacy. Who does that? You know, uh, take take some, some obscure distro on, on, on DistroWatch that has like, you know, I don't know, 10 downloads a month. Who who, who vetted that? Who, who checked that that is all right, that that is in order? I mean, the, the fact that, you know, it's private and, 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 and it's free the fact that it might not snoop on you behind your back like the other closed operating systems do doesn't always hold up unless we vet every single distro and every single os before it's released but turns out unless you do so you can if you want to but if you don't there is no guarantee that it's not in there just saying and then there's of course the political debate you know you yeah, you all know my position on the Stalmanites Stallmanites—that's a nice word. The, you know, if you're a sandal-wearing beard, horking, uh, <coughs> uh, open-source advocate that insists on calling Linux GNU Linux and putting GNU in front of everything, fine. I mean, that's just great. I uh, I applaud you, but to what to to what end? Having completely open source, non-closed source uh, software is good. I applaud it. But it's not always practical. And here I have kind of my prime directive that gets in the way. uh, My prime directive is technology should work for you instead of the other way around. So if I have to go out of my way and spend hours and hours on technology to get it to work for me using only open source software and no binary blobs and blah 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 then that is against my prime directive because technology has to work for me and not the other way around I want stuff that works I would like to have stuff that's open source I would like to have stuff that's free but I don't want to have extra time and effort uh, invested in a political viewpoint because, or well, not political ideological viewpoint because the whole holier-than-thou, open-source-all-the-way um, rants that I hear from time to time, they kind of tick me off. Because here they go, they go like, yeah, you should only use open-source, and, and, and you know, uh, closed-source is bad, and binary blobs are bad, and yeah, sure, 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 sure. And then you ask them, you know, what phone do you have? An Android phone, it's the best that I ever owned. Is that open source? No, it's not. Do you care? No, it's a great phone. So, you see, I mean, there's this double standard that a lot of people have, you know, when it comes to a desktop, suddenly it has to be holier than thou and completely transparent open source and gnu Linux. But, you know, their phone? Well, no, <laughs> Google's just fine. I'll just use a phone with Android, an operating system powered by the biggest ad agency on the planet. It's, it's you know duplicate it's 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 a double standard it's strange so i have i have no idea where i'm going with this but i what i do want to say is either you know do we still need the question that i come back to is do we still need the Linux desktop if it's not for freedom uh, and it's not for uh, transparency well do we still need it then it's for geekery that's okay and it's then it's for for geekery to tinker around with to customize and It's all great and fine. And then you can spend hours and hours and hours and hours distro hopping and talking about desktop interfaces and colors and launchers and start menus. And that's just fine. But at the end of the day, I want to do stuff with my computer. And if I do stuff with my computer, that means that I go online and I type stuff and I make stuff or that I open up Audacity and I record a podcast and I send it to you. And whether I do that in Windows, on a Mac, or on a desktop uh, or Linux desktop that either runs KDE or GNOME or MATE I don't care the the goal of my computer is to you know do stuff be creative that's what I love to use machines for be be, be creative that computers have given me access to this look at this I'm recording a podcast Uh, using technology and I'm not going to you know get into extreme arguments about you know that KDE is better than GNOME, and, and and that that Mate is better than than I don't know um, LXDE, and that this distro is better than that distro, distro, and 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 that that Linux is better than Windows. At the end of the day, I would just I just want to get stuff done, and it's the applications that matter to me. So, and here's my final point: Do we still need the Linux desktop? Shouldn't we? pour more energy and I'm not talking about developing energy uh, development energy and and, and stuff but about these endless 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 discussions that you know Linux is better than Windows and uh, I don't know Ubuntu is better than Debian and Red Hat is better than uh, Suse should we you know stop pouring energy in that and start pouring energy in the applications shouldn't we start talking not about distros but about applications that we use and that might be available across all platforms shouldn't the big push not be the year of the linux desktop but the year of the cross-platform open source application i'm going to close down with my devil's advocate view i'm a cross-platform geek so i look at this from all three sides and if I take a look at the success that Microsoft has had over the last couple of years, that very success can be largely distributed, uh, contributed to the fact that they have let go of their empire, of their walled garden, of their own ecosystem, and that they said, you know, Microsoft products don't have to run on Windows they can run on anything case in point the best gmail client on OS X is microsoft outlook i mean uh, sorry the best email client on ios is microsoft outlook how bizarre is that that is so bizarre but that is actually so brilliant microsoft has let go of their walled garden has said you know here's our os you can use it it's fine But if you want to run Microsoft Office on a Mac, you can. If you want to run Microsoft Office on the cloud on Linux, you can. If you want to run Linux on Windows, you can. They opened it up, and it is because that they opened it up that their applications got so much more reach because I still have a Linux desktop at home. It's a server I SSH into, but it's also the desktop that I work behind. And because of the fact that Office three sixty five has gone to the cloud and, and has a very, very, very good web interface, I just do my Windows apps on Linux, you know my, my Word documents on Linux in the browser using Firefox, and it all works. You know, that's the whole point what I'm trying to make. Shouldn't the power, the energy and the effort of the open source community be geared more and more towards cross-platform applications instead of pouring time and effort into 50,000 variations of a desktop. And everybody who makes a distro, I love you. From the geeky ones to the mainstream ones, I applaud the energy that you put into this. But I do ask myself the question, what if we pushed this energy towards across towards cross-platform applications that could then spread to all the platforms, to Microsoft Windows, to Apple OS X. Uh, wouldn't we have an even bigger impact on the market then? And wouldn't shouldn't we be, stop waiting for the year of the Linux desktop and start? working on the year of the cross-platform applications. Surely that's something for you guys to think about.
1: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday Monday through Friday.